listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spittin' Statistician, a.k.a. The Stable Genius and Vocal Minority, and welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Sports Grid Network, episode number 402, the 402nd convening of the Stats Over Beat Cypher, where we help you win your leagues and win that cash. I got the Stats Over Beat Cypher already in the chat room talking about wide receiver ones, who to sit, who to start, what to do on Monday Night Football, and exactly how much of your fab budget should you spend on Wayne Gallman. We are going to answer all of those questions on the Monday edition of the Fantasy Freestyle. We got a good show for you, all right? Here's what we do. Like we always do on a Monday, we look back at week three. I'll let you know what speeds got right, what speeds got wrong. I'll update the key injuries that you need as well. And then we will look at the waiver wire. I give you the diamonds and the fugazis at this position. If you lost somebody like a Julian Edelman, if you lost someone like a David Njoku, if you lost someone like Saquon Barkley, we are here to help you out. And we also got a poll question up, okay? My poll question today is, which of these new starting quarterbacks in the NFL that we've seen over the last week or so do you have the most faith in, will keep it going, and actually be relevant in fantasy football, all right? Because we're going to break these guys down. Is it Gardner Minshew and the mustache? Is it Danny Dimes? Is it Kyle Allen, who was also at Texas A&M with Kyler Murray and showed up and showed out for the Carolina Panthers yesterday? Or what about the Freemasons, Mason Rudolph? and those Pittsburgh Steelers, who, by the way, are now 0-3. Right now, everybody is all up on the Danny Dimes era here in New York. We'll talk about that as well. All right. So, so like I mentioned, we got a good show for you. Here's also what I want to know. And the real deal stats over beats Cypher. You know about this, right? I mean, we're going to talk about all these new quarterbacks, okay? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the injuries, whether it be Saquon, whether it be T.Y. Hilton, whether it be Vance, make them dance, right? But can we also talk about Bud Light Platinum for a hot second? Are y'all down with this Bud Light Platinum? Because I don't know if I am. It seems like they're just trying to play my man the Bud Knight for Herb. And I don't know if that's okay. I don't know if Bud Light Platinum gets dilly dilly from me. They're also making the king himself look like a little bit of a Herb. I don't know. Like he's like he's thirsty for Bud Knight Pot- Platinum or something like this. Like he's trying to be down with Bud Knight Platinum. I don't know how I feel about this. Hit me up in the chat room. Let me know about that. But I digress. Let's get into some of the big time injuries that did in fact happen week three. Okay. Obviously, you know about this Saquon Barkley. They are talking about it as a high ankle sprain. Okay. High ankle sprains are more um, damaging than lower ankle sprains or regular ankle sprains, as it were. They are now coming out and saying that this could be six to eight weeks for Saquon Barkley, okay? That could push it all the way to week, oh, I don't know, 9, 10, 11, pretty much. 
If you need Saquon, your number one overall pick to make the fantasy football playoffs, you need him through weeks like 13. He may not come back until week 10 or 11, okay? So if you use number one overall on Saquon, you may be in that position that young Kaz was talking about last week on his remix track. I'm going to drop some fab. So we'll see about that, all right? Obviously, Saquon. Julian Edelman having more tests, all right? They're calling it a chest injury. And let me tell you something, okay? Um, Antonio Brown is gone. Josh Gordon also looked like he banged up his finger. Julian Edelman is getting more x-rays and MRIs done. This is this sounds like Philip Dorsett. This sounds like a returning James White. And Josh Gordon is going to be just fine. So it looks like Josh Gordon, you know, you could put him back in your lineups. We'll talk about the impact of those guys on the fab budgets as well. T.Y. Hilton. Okay, T.Y. Hilton, first of all, with a very nice game, scored his fourth touchdown of the season. He, I think, Amari Cooper and maybe one other wideout are the only ones with four touchdowns after three weeks of the season, but it looks like Hilton may not be here for week four, okay? He's got a quad injury right after he ta- caught that touchdown, I believe in the second quarter. You saw him just waving himself to the to the locker room, being like, yo, uh, y'all gonna have to go back and check me out, all right? Also, you know, Vance McDonald with the shoulder, that, that Pittsburgh Steeler offense, they need to uh, discover themselves again. I'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Also want to update some other things. Listen, tonight for Monday Night Football, Jordan Reed is out again, and they are now saying that the man's career is in doubt. We made jokes about Jordan Reed all the time, never being able to be on the field, but the man now has seven, count them, seven documented concussions, and that's the key word, documented, because you know we got his bell rung a couple of other times. So Vernon Davis, if you caught a catch of VD earlier in the season, hey, he may be the tight end for the foreseeable future for the Washington football team. Cam Newton already being ruled out for week four. They took until Friday to rule him out for week three. Then Kyle Allen throws four touchdowns, and they're like, you know what, Cam? You can take your time coming back from this one, and I think that's the position the Carolina Panthers are, in fact, in. They're going to let Cam take as long as he wants, especially with Kyle Allen throwing for like 75% completion percentage. Oh, yeah. And by the way, Jalen Ramsey... He's got the flu, so he won't be practicing. That's very convenient so that it's not in the narrative and he's not practicing just in case they wanted to flip him. We'll talk about all that. We'll talk about the big takeaways from week three, what I got right, what I got wrong. We'll answer some of your questions. The phone lines will be open later on, and uh, we'll preview Monday Night Football as well. Washington plus five and a half? Hmm. Episode 402 of the Freestyle Dilly Dilly. Come on back. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back. Episode 402 of the Fantasy Freestyle right here on Sports Grid. Keeping up with the chat room, Mendo, my man Mendo Bruce and all of his fugazis out there, says Bud Light sucks. Yo, I ain't mad at you. It's like beer-colored water, Mendo. But at the same time, if you got to drink 18 of them, might as well be all right with that. My man Jerry in the chat room is, has an interesting trade where he would be getting Josh Gordon, which I like these days, but we'd be giving up Delaney Walker. And then he mentioned that he doesn't have other good tight ends, okay? Okay. 
maybe Will Disley is who he's got. And remember, I say this all the time, in a two-for-two or a one-for-one, it's not only that position. It's what would you be left with and the delta that you're dropping going from, in this case, Delaney Walker, down to Will Disley, who I believe is Fugazi, uh, somebody you should probably forget about. I know he had another decent game yesterday, but I don't buy it. Let me tell you something. Russell Wilson, they are not built for Russell Wilson to be throwing the ball 50 times. So for in this case, Jerry, I would actually keep the Delaney Walker side because you can find another wide receiver. It might be tough for you to replicate that tight end. Um you know, production, but that's what we do here on the Fantasy Freestyle. I don't just give you a fish. I teach you how to fish so you understand how to win your leagues and win that cash. All right, let's talk about what happened last night and in week three overall. Here are my biggest takeaways, yo, and we're talking about it. Everyone's talking about it on this network everywhere. The new quarterbacks are here, all right? That's why it was my poll question, and listen— let me tell you something, all right? We could start with Josh Rosen only going 18 to 39 for 200, but they hung in there. They were only down 10-6 at halftime, okay? And you saw them be a little bit energized as well. Same with Teddy Bridgewater, 19 to 27, okay? Only 177 yards, but got the two touchdowns. They also got help, right, from uh, special teams, from the defense, defensive scored against Seattle yesterday as well. So they keep on rolling. Don't, don't, um, don't count out the Saints just yet. I know a lot of people did. A lot of people went to Atlanta. I went to Atlanta as well. But Atlanta, for me, is now a conundrum wrapped up in an enigma, an enigma tied up in a riddle. You know what I mean? I cannot figure that Atlanta Falcons team out. And what I do know is that um, Sean Payton continues to be able to be creative and put people in positions to win. Alvin Kamara with a huge game. What about our man, the mustache, Gardner Minshew? Listen, I was telling you guys on Thursday night that the home dog was my trend and the home team on Thursday night. Gardner Minshew looked great, all right? Only 20 of 30 for 200 yards, 204 yards. But the two touchdowns early, putting it up, making having his wide receivers make plays for him. And again, the attitude, the energy was a lot different there than when you had, you know, um, even when you had uh, Nick Foles early on, all right? And obviously than when you had Blake Bortles in years past. But let's get to the guys who really lit it up yesterday. We start with Mason Rudolph. He goes 14 to 27, 174 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. I got to tell you something. The reason that the Steelers are 0-3 is not because of Mason Rudolph, all right? That offensive line was not giving him protection, in my opinion. Those pass catchers still need, I mean, they, they made Moncrief inactive, for goodness sakes, right? And also, we got to start looking at that run game in James Conner. James Conner with only 40-some-odd yards yesterday, you know, and I mean, those def- that defense got five turnovers. They just were not able to really finish the job and run the ball as they usually do. I'm looking at James Conner more than Mason Rudolph right now if I'm looking for um, the culprit in Pittsburgh. And then the two who completely showed up and showed out, right? Kyle Allen, first of all, 19 of 26. That is a 73% completion percentage, people. All right? And I told you last week, I said that this could be interesting because what Carolina's offense is now predicated on is getting the ball into DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, even Greg Olson's hands. And Cam Newton is historically an inaccurate quarterback. Now he doesn't even have the rushing threat either. Kyle Allen comes on in, and I'm not saying Kyle Allen is all of a sudden going to be a pro bowler, all right? What I am saying, though, is he was accurate yesterday, and you see that when you have accurate quarterback play, what that offense can look like. They put up 38 points yesterday, and a large part of that is because they were getting the ball 
into these people's hands. Like, look about it, all right? Listen, Samuel, 5 for 53, more, only one catch. He took it 52 yards to the MF house, and all of a sudden, Christian McCaffrey, once again, with his, oh, I don't know, quick math says almost 190 scrimmage yards. That's the way Carolina wants. They want the quarterback to be a distributor, and if Cam isn't running the ball anyway, keep an eye out. I don't think it's any coincidence that they have already come out and say that Cam is still out week four. Part of it is because they know they're okay with Kyle Allen. And then, of course, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, goes 23 of 36, 332 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. But I got to tell you, what I was most impressed with was not only his 28 yards rushing and the two touchdowns, the one around the right side and the one straight up the middle in the fourth quarter with minutes to play to give them the win. I am more impressed with his general his mobility in the pocket, even when he wasn't running, quick climbing of the pocket, quick adjustments, finding wide receivers and giving them a chance to make plays. Sterling Shepard coming up big, Evan Ingram coming up big, and again, different energy in the building. The only problem with the New York football giants now is that that defense is still blunt guts trash so these new quarterbacks I believe they are here I believe they are here some of them to stay and here's what I'll tell you I believe that this makes it a little easier for teams like Washington down the road in about a month to go to Dwayne Haskins for teams like oh I don't know the Cincinnati Bengals like I've been talking about to go to Ryan Finley even for a team like the Tennessee Titans to go to Marcus uh, from Marcus Mariota over to Ryan Tannehill and by the way people there are now eight count them eight new quarterbacks since the beginning of this preseason eight teams okay uh Indianapolis with Brissette Minshew, uh, Luke Falk, Teddy Bridgewater, Mason Rudolph makes five, Daniel Jones makes six, Kyle Allen makes seven, and Josh Rosen makes eight. Okay, I think there's other places they can go. I almost wonder if over half the league will go to their QB two at one point this season. Um, by the way, people, I know we've been talking about it a lot, but Antonio Brown is done. Okay, that's another takeaway for me. This group text stuff was absolutely ridiculous. I don't know who is advising him, but then he also took shots at Big Ben and Robert Kraft on the way out. You know, remember when I said he was in his Dave Chappelle phase? Well, I'm going back to that right now, people, because I really don't know what's going on. Even the staunchest Antonio Brown supporter must understand now that the time is gone. And who has been that person recently? You know what? It's been our fantasy football insider, O.J. Simpson. Let's play the video. Even O.J. understands now, Danny, that it's time to drop Antonio Brown. I got people asking me all week and long, is Antonio Brown going to latch on somewhere else or is it safe to drop him? That Mendo Young cause trade, I wonder who got the better end of it now. Play O.J., Danny. That's the new trifecta. All right, there it is. You can bring it back. 
You bring it back, Danny. There you have it, all right? So even OJ has now realized that he can go ahead and drop Antonio Brown. I saw another video from OJ, and check this out. These were OJ's first four picks in his fantasy league. Are you ready for this? Number one, Saquon Barkley, who's going to be out the next six to eight weeks. Number two, Michael Thomas. I like him, but without Drew Brees, I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater, I, I mean, like he had a decent game, but not wide out one kind of numbers, right? Michael Thomas, five for 51 and a touchdown. You were expecting a little bit more. His number third, his third round pick, Antonio Brown. That ain't going to work. And his fourth round pick. Andrew Luck, man, OJ with that killer team, man. Uh, too bad. He'll, he'll get away with it. He'll be just fine. And the last thing I want to talk about real quick, can we put it up real quick? You know, I've been messing around with the idea of like penalties and how many penalties there have been and the replays on pass interference. Tom Brady agrees with me, people. Too many penalties. Just let us play. Then he says he's turning off the game because he can't watch these ridiculous penalties. That was in Thursday Night Football. I have evidence to back him up. I'm telling you, these instant replays trying to generate pass interference – those piss me off. So do the sloppy play and the flags all over the field. I'll back that up. And then we'll talk about what speeds got right and what speeds got wrong uh, in the next segment. We'll look at the waiver wire. We'll preview Monday Night Football. All that and more when we come back. It's episode 402 of the Fantasy Freestyle. You heard? Come on right back. Dilly dilly. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back. Welcome back. Fantasy Freestyle, episode 402. We got people in the chat room asking all sorts of questions. Everything from the Josh Gordon, Delaney Walker. We got people also talking about it. Um, you know, this idea of you know putting up OJ. At the same time, if you have been watching this show, and if you know about the Stats Over Beat Cypher, you know exactly how we feel about this, and you know exactly if it is in fact promotion or not. But it is all good. Avataz as well is saying that the penalties were down this week, but I gotta tell you something, alright? Because here's the thing, alright? The challenges, for, for me, it's not only if penalties are down. For me, it's the flow of the game. Okay, and that's why I grouped this into as well um, the idea of throwing the challenge flag to generate pass interference. You know what I mean? And you say penalties are down, but not for some teams that lost in very close games where I'm starting to believe that their sloppy play is part of the contributing factor. Check this out. The Atlanta Falcons, who lost by three points, all right, to Avataz and anybody else, they had 16 penalties yesterday for 126 penalty yards. All right. The Tennessee Titans on Thursday, nine penalties for 101 penalty yards. The Chargers, who lost by only seven, seven penalties for 69 penalty yards. All right. Cleveland last night, who was a one score game, eight penalties for 60 penalty yards. Even the Saints, who won, but remember, their working margin was a defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown. All right. 11 penalties for 70 yards. 
on the ground. Okay, so I mean, not on the ground, uh, via penalty. So it may be down overall, Avataz and everybody, but those are five teams right there that are constantly getting burned by it, and it had an impact, in my opinion, and wins and losses for them uh, on yesterday's action. All right, but that's enough about that. Let's look at what we got right, what we got wrong. Um, from last week, because so many people are asking me questions, ask me questions all the way up through Sunday morning. And by the way, on Sunday morning, I am on air here from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. So it's very hard to answer your questions, even on Patreon. I do the best I can. But, you know, come on, people. All right. While I'm also on air, it's not easy to also be answering questions. But here's what we got right and wrong. First of all, last last week. I gave you guys Thursday night football cold, all right? I gave you Thursday night football. I said I liked the home dogs, which were the Jacksonville Jaguars. I even told you that what I wanted was an early score so that I could push this total up above 41, and then I would pound the under. That's exactly what happened. I hope you followed me because we got a little bit of K-ish on that game. I also told you there was going to be a quarterback controversy in that game. Also, last week... In that game, by the way, my number one wide receiver uh, waiver ad last week was a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I hope you remember. Danny, we have that uh, instrumental, don't we? We have a new instrumental for it. It was DJ Chark, 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 Chark. Chark, chark, chark. There it is. I told you that he was my number one waiver, wide receiver waiver ad last week. He had a nice little game. He got 76 yards and a touchdown. You can cut that, Danny. But check this out. Check this out. I know Strong Style likes it because he changed his team name to it. But you know who else likes it? Y'all know in Stats Over Beats, Real Cypher folks. Y'all know about our guy Danny Lee. He always comes from the undisclosed location, right? Remember, he literally joined us like from the field of battle last year and his boy, boom, boom, pow, pow. Well, guess who else likes it? His daughter, his daughter is all about DJ Chark. Check it out. Check out um, Danny Lee's daughter responding to the Fantasy Freestyle last week when I was talking about DJ Chark. Oh, she likes it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Get it off. There we go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So big shout out to Danny Lee's daughter. All right. Bouncing with the DJ Chark. I hope you picked him up because he did big things for you on Thursday Night Football. I also told you on the Thursday show that um, Matt LaFleur is talking about evening up the carries in Green Bay between Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. And boy, did that work out well. Okay. Jamal Williams actually had more carries, more yards than Aaron Jones. It was Jones with the touchdowns. Keep an eye out on that. I also told you about this Green Bay Packers defense. It is not a game, all right? Their defense is part of the reason they are now 3-0, and and in first place, Jilly Dilly showed you the notes. I told you about that one as well. I'm, I'm telling you, I've been telling you about this AFC North as well, all right? They're all chasing Lamar at this point. I told you Cleveland was in trouble. Baker Mayfield, only 50% on his throws, 18 of 36. He's holding the ball a little too long. Collinsworth made this point also about, like, when he's holding it at more than two and a half seconds. It does not look good, okay? And the next few teams they play, 
All right. They, I believe, have a bye. Next few teams they play have fronts and front sevens that are going to continue to put pressure on Baker. So I'd keep an eye out on that. Pittsburgh, I mentioned, lacks the run game. I'm worried about if Big Ben will ever come back. And listen, honestly, Mendo... I don't know if Juju's looking like an elite wide receiver one without, you know, without the coverage going towards A.B., without the production around them, without Hall of Fame quarterback play. So I'm worried about Pittsburgh. And then obviously Cincinnati, they did nothing in the first half, okay? They bounced back a little bit, but Andy Dalton had something like 70 yards in the first half. Bad throws. I think this division continues to be Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. And also, listen, I got hit up as the last thing I got right Ryan Mallison, big shout out to him. He's one of my Patreons. He hit me up this morning being like, yo, Speeds, I hit on DFS. I hit on my prop bets. I won money this week because of you. So dilly dilly, I appreciate that, Ryan and anybody else. On Sunday, I gave out Devontae Freeman over 47 and a half rushing yards. Cha-ching. I gave out Nelson Aguilar over four and a half receptions. Cha-ching. On the DFS, I told you that I was trying to stack Jameis, right? He threw for four touchdowns. That looked good. I told you about Frank Gore getting the start in for, um, in for, uh, was it Singletary? Out there in Buffalo, he scores a touchdown. I told you you had to go chalky, chalky with the New England defense. That worked out well again, all right? And... I told you about the home dogs. I said yes on Jacksonville, no on Cleveland. And remember, if you remember carefully, you'll already know what I said about Monday Night Football. But I got some things wrong as well. It's not all fun and games here, okay? Listen, I was hyping going into the season the tight end tier that was that middle tier, right? That second tier. And I said that I wanted Hunter Henry, Jared Cook, OJ Howard, and Vance McDonald. Those guys are now, listen, Jared Cook is tight end 30. OJ Howard's tight end 27. Vance McDonald's tight end 12. That's the best you're getting out of this group. And Hunter Henry is still out for another, you know, probably three, four weeks. All right. So I got that wrong. All right. I did say Ingram was in that tier as well. He's number one. I did tell you about Mark Andrews, but I was trying targeting that tier. And if you listen to me, you're probably not doing well at the tight end position. I got that one wrong. I also, I was a little wrong on Amari Cooper. Okay. I called him a wide receiver too, going into the season. Shout out to my man Yang, who took him as his wide receiver one, who drafted him in the second round. Amari Cooper looks like he is worth it. He is now the number four wide receiver overall in the game. T.Y. Hilton, Julio Jones, and Amari Cooper are the only wideouts with four touchdowns so far. And the way this Cowboys new triplets look with Dak and Zeke, it looks like they may, in fact, be onto something. The Dallas Cowboys have scored 30 points every week this season, and Amari Cooper definitely has something to do with it. I regret to tell you this next one, guys. I really loved when they cut C.J. Anderson, the Detroit Lions, last week. I was like, ah, this is going to be good stuff for our boy, right? So our boy, Danny, who, when you're lost and you're alone and you're sinking like a stone. Carry on. Carry on, carry on. So the good news is he got 20 carries, the undisputed lead back of Detroit. The good news is he got into the end zone again. He's got two touchdowns on the season, so we like that. And he, the touchdowns are saving you, okay? He's still getting double-digit points. The problem is, on 20 carries, I need more than 36 yards, carry on. I've been hyping you for months now, and if you're not scoring touchdowns, you're kind of not doing it for me, okay? So I need you to step up. I like the fact that he's getting 20 carries, but he needs to do more than 1.5 yards a carry or 1.7 yards 
yards of carry with those. I am keeping the faith, but I understand that some people are like, yo, Speeds, what's up with your boy carry on? He's still doing just fine, in my opinion, but it is because of the touchdowns. I think also next week they play the Kansas City Chiefs. That could be the elixir for a run game, okay? So I wouldn't lose faith in carry on just yet. And the last thing, mentioning the Chiefs. All season, I was like, listen, there's going to be some regression from Patty Mahomes. There's going to be some regression from Patty Mahomes. Yeah, well, I don't know. Through three games last year, 66% completions, 299 yards a game. This year, through three games, 72% completions and 398 yards a game. The man is actually performing better than last year. The Chiefs are 3-0, and and right now he does look like he is always the answer to whatever question you want to ask. And I don't care if it's the Patriots asking the question or any of these other defenses. It looks like Patty Mahomes has the answer. Patty Mahomes had the answer to the Patriots defense in the second half of the AFC championship game as well the only issue is he never got on the field in overtime I think it may be different and this idea that Patty Mahomes is obviously going to regress from the video game numbers of last year eh, I'm not so sure when we come back on the fantasy freestyle I give you my take on the most added guys at the running back wide receiver and tight end positions and then we go ahead and look at Monday night football Washington and Chicago 41 and a half is your total I have a play you know it if your stats overbeat Cypher. And I got some prop bets for you as well. Come on back. It's episode 402 of the Fantasy Freestyle and the Stats Overbeat Cypher. We'll fill in some phone calls if you can as well. So the number to call is 844-843-6879. We'll see if we can get you in. It's episode 402 of the Fantasy Freestyle here on Sports Grid. Dilly dilly, you heard? Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back. Episode 402 of Fantasy Freestyle, the 402nd convening of the Stats Over Beats Cypher. Amateur fun. Yeah, I'll take the Trubisky pick today. I will do that. I agree with Perry Ying. I agree with Strong Style. I will, in fact, take the over right there on Trubisky. And by the way, Strong Style, that is technically not Eminem. That is technically D12. I believe that is my band, technically D12 strong style but you know I love your brother man um answering some questions that we got um I agree with what Ben is saying that Patty Mahomes is kind of like Steph Curry in in the NBA and the way that he is changing the game the way the game is played you know what I mean Steph Curry has kids growing up in the ball in the in a basketball court you know like trying to hit threes instead of trying to jam on somebody changing the geometry and the math of the NBA oh and by the way Steph Curry is also going to play for Team USA in the 2020 Olympics we didn't like that seventh place finish so we're gonna be like nah we're gonna bring our real guys over there now Mendo I agree with you no clue as to why they didn't run Chubb on first and goal but I'll say this Mendo it's the same reason they decided to run a draw to Nick Chubb on like fourth and nine at one point in that game as well I think something's up with the Browns, Freddie Kitchens, Baker Mayfield. I thought Baker looked rattled. I thought Freddie Kitchens. I've been saying this from the very beginning. Are these the man to lead this team through adversity if and when it hits? And there it is tonight. Um, It's starting to come, and I don't think it's going to get any better. Uh, Their next game 
I believe it's Baltimore. Um, so it's not going to be that easy. Um, no panic. Darren Rob out there with Connor and Sony Michelle. I would not panic just yet. I do think Connor needs to get going. All right. Um, He's been helping you out a little bit with the passing game, a very little bit. He does need to get going, but you don't need to panic just yet. And it's funny. We played um, da- Danny Lee's daughter, and everybody's loving that. Mr. Mister says his daughter does the same. Some people surprised to see me on the big screen TV. You could always do that. You know, just cast it to the TV if you want to see this mug a little bit uh, bigger. And, you know, I have no judgment on whether or not you do. But let's get into the waivers because, listen, you may have lost some people, and we got to get into this, all right? Waiver wires. At the running back position, okay, here are the people that I think are the heaviest added and my take on if you should take them or not. Obviously, the first one is Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman is owned in only 4% of leagues. Yep, you got to do it. They're saying six weeks. Even if it's six weeks, guys, that puts you to week nine. If he misses four, five, six, seven, eight, and week nine, you don't get Saquon back until week 10 at that point. And let's say it's a little bit longer, 10, 11. If you need Saquon in your regular season and your RB3 flex play is a guy that you ain't happy with, yes, you need to unload the fab on Wayne Gallman. Here's my only problem. I think they're going to look from outside the organization as well. I think they're going to look to bring in, you know, an Alfred Morris, a Jay Ajayi, someone who's on the scrap heap. So don't go ahead and thinking Wayne Gallman's going to be a workhorse, going to be some kind of stud like Zeke or, or Saquon was. But he's definitely worth your fab budget or your waiver priority. He's only 4% added. Um, Jamal Williams is only 9% owned right now. I told you, they he got more carries than Aaron Jones. He got more touches than Aaron Jones. And as this Packers offense starts to figure itself out, I think there is a role for Jamal Adams. If you need a running back, he's only 9% owned. I advocate using a priority, using some fab budget on uh, Jamal Williams. Also, Ronald Jones is only at, owned in 25% of leagues. I think he is worth an ad. At this point, it looks like the Bucks are realizing that Peyton Barber is just a guy. And Ronald Jones, listen, went 14 carries for 80 yards yesterday. Now, albeit that was against the dumpster fire, blunt guts, trash defense that is and will continue to be the New York football giants. It's not like Danny Dimes is playing safety, okay? But I do think the Bucks are realizing that Ronald Jones is a, um, a more talented, more dynamic back than Peyton Barber. I think he's going to grab more and more of that share as we move forward. A lot of people are also picking up Daryl Williams from Kansas City. I would not. Okay, he's 3% owned. I think even when Damian Williams comes back, this is a committee, people. You saw everyone from Shady McCoy to Daryl Williams to Darwin Thompson. And when Damian Williams comes back, I don't... Listen, he was nice without Damian Williams. But I don't think I would wave my use my priority on Daryl. Give me Wayne Gallman, then Jamal Williams, then Ronald Jones of these guys that I do think could be worth the ad, the ad if, in fact, you need someone. Let's say you lost Saquon or some of your guys have buys this week because this is the first week where there will be buys on the schedule. At the wide receiver position, listen, there's a few people. Uh, Danny, cue up that instrumental again because I told you guys last week, but now, even after his 76 yards and a touchdown, and after obviously being the number one wide receiver of the Jacksonville Jaguars, our guy, Danny, is still only 41% owned. Who am I talking about? Play the music, Danny. That's right. That's for all your kids out there. 
All right, there you go. Whether you're watching me on the big screen, whether your baby girls or boys are dancing or not, I still would spend it on DJ Chark. All right, listen, he's 41% owned. Go out and get him. Another guy I really like, only 32% owned. I would spend the priority if you need a wide receiver on Philip Dorsett. Listen, with if Julian Edelman is out, and even if not, it looks like Dorsett is now really part of the fold with Tom Brady and a deep threat for Tom Brady. So I like that six for 51 and a touchdown yesterday. All right, listen, no Antonio Brown. He ain't coming back. So they could be going with Josh Gordon, Philip Dorsett as their top two. All right, and Dorsett only owned in 32% of leagues. Also, I was surprised to see these two guys were just at 50% owned. One is my man MVS, Marquez Valdez Scantling. All right, he's six for 99 and a touchdown. He had the 40-yard touchdown yesterday. He is, I think, the number two receiver in Green Bay. And remember how I've always talked about this number two wide receiver in Green Bay. And I think that this offense is developing, will be better in a month than it is now. And I like Marquez Valdez Scantling. He's only owned in 50% of leagues. You can go out and get him. You could also go out and get... Nicole Hardman. Now, I don't know about Demarius Thompson and who all these other guys when Tyreek Hill comes back and all that stuff. What I do know is Nicole Hardman can get behind the defense, and Patty Mahomes is going to find them. They are looking to get the ball in Nicole Hardman's hands, and I'm all about it. Give me, if I need shares of the Kansas City Chiefs offense, sure. All right, so those are some guys. And also, especially with you know Danny Dimes in town, I checked Golden Tate is owned in only 37% of leagues. In almost two-thirds of leagues, you can go out and get Golden Tate right now. And now with Danny Dimes, that might be a little bit more intriguing than it was. I don't have much for you at the tight end position. I did tell you, though, before that Jordan Reed's career is now in doubt. So Vernon Davis only owned in 20% of leagues. He might be more stable. I know I've been talking about him as a streamer or one-week fill-in kind of thing. He may be live, all right? Phone lines are open, by the way, 844-843-6879. I may have time for one or two calls at the end of the show in case you want to talk to the spitting statistician. I know Will Disley had another touchdown, but I'm still not on him. I told you Russell Wilson is not trying to throw the ball. 50 times a game. I'm not on him. I'd rather have Vernon Davis. And then a lot of people are talking about picking up Dawson Knox from Buffalo. Not me. I want no part of him. Vernon Davis would really be the only tight end that I would be looking at as of now. So let's talk about uh, Monday Night Football that is kicking off in what? Half an hour, 45 minutes. Right now, I'm staring at a total of 41 and a half as the Washington football team welcomes in the Chicago Bears and they are getting five and a half points. I told you about the home dogs. I told you about the home teams on prime time. I'm taking Washington in the points, people. Give me Washington plus the five and a half. I actually believe that if you want to win a couple of shekels, I like Washington to win this game outright. And right now, that is plus 195. I think Washington can win this game. Yeah, the Bears defense is supposed to be really good. And I'm not saying they're not. But I, this pick is me fading Mitch Trubisky. I've been telling you, I've been fading the Bears and Mitch Trubisky all year long. I don't think he is that guy. Deshaun Watson in that draft class was. Patty Mahomes in that draft class was. I don't think Mitchell Trubisky, and he doesn't have excuses. He's got Matt Nagy's system. He's got Allen Robinson. He's got Tariq Cohen. He's got weapons. I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is that good? And I think it's games like this in a year where the rest of the world will start to realize this. It's games like this where he'll be a five and a half point favorite and he'll defecate the mattress. Here's the other thing. They scored three points in week one. 
They scored 16 points and got lucky by Denaro from Panero at the end of the game in Denver. The Bears have scored one touchdown all season long. Give them two tonight even. That's 14 points. If I'm laying five and a half, that means three field goals from the Washington football team gets it done. And I've seen Case Keenum perform pretty well so far, okay? He had a good first half against Philly. They hung in against Dallas, all right? I think they can score enough points even against this Bears defense. Give me the Washington football team plus five and a half points right now as it relates to prop bets. And by the way, dogs won outright this year. I mean, this week. Jacksonville, I think this could be very similar to Thursday Night Football. No one believed in Jacksonville at home, and they showed pride. All right, and that quarterback and that offense stepped up, and then their defense made some plays. I think the Washington football team can do that today. I got a prop bet for you, okay? I like what they're saying in the chat about an interception for Mitchell Trubisky. Here's the one I like. I like Chris Thompson. I like Chris Thompson, and you got running and receiving yards for Chris Thompson. I believe most of it will happen out of the backfield, but the number is low to me. It's at 46 and a half. I got it over. For me, I'm taking Washington plus five and a half, and I'm taking Chris Thompson over 46 and a half scrimmage yards. I think that, listen, first of all, if the Bears are up, and the backdoor cover is live, and maybe this is a 17-13 Bears win. But if that's the truth, then they're going to get out of their offense. Case Keenum in the shotgun, you know who's not on the field anymore? Adrian Peterson will not be on the field anymore. You know who will be? Chris Thompson. I think Chris Thompson, a couple of passes, I think he catches four or five balls. All he needs to do is break one of them for 20. I like Chris Thompson to go over 46 and a half yards, and I like the Washington football team plus five and a half. If you ask me on the total, I do think this is a low-scoring game, but this is one of the ones where like everybody thinks it's a low-scoring game. So when everybody's on one thing, I'm a little bit on the other. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know if I want to play the total. I might play the total live, um, but I'll be here for in-game live with Gabe Morency in the next hour starting it off. Mr. Mister tells me, good point. Thompson is the pass-down guy. That's the way I'm looking at this game script. All right. Um, Jamie McMahon saying he lost Saquon Barkley. He needs Monty to run free. We will see about that. Uh, We'll see what David Montgomery does tonight. I do think he's the guy to own as opposed to people are talking about Anthony Miller and others. Uh, I think David Montgomery is the guy to own. Danny, you got a W in the Stats Over Beats League, it looks like, right? Unless, what is it, Mendo you're playing against? He needs a big game at a Trey Burton tonight, right? He does. He needs, like, uh, I think almost 15 points. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Good luck to you. Good luck to the rest of the Stats Overbeat Cypher. Young Kaz put it on me, guys. I am not doing so well. I will fall to one and two in that league. I'm still undefeated in a uh, the Flex League of Experts. I'm feeling good of GST. I got a ton of teams, and a lot of them are still doing good. <laughs> Too bad the Stats Overbeat Cypher one is not one of them. Um, I like that uh, Drew Weed Gaming, putting Montgomery in as your like MVP or as the captain in DFS today. I would put Chris Thompson as as well i think thompson is going to eat people like mclaurin as well we shall see for me call it 17 13 chicago maybe they get the win but i don't think they covered by the five and a half i like a low scoring game and give me the prop bet of chris thompson i stay here for the first hour of in game live 
The Raging Machine, Sports Rage, Gabe Morency. We'll talk about those 3-0 Buffalo Bills, I'm sure, at some point as well. Thanks for everybody. Episode 402, Dilly Dilly. Vote on the poll. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Patreon. We got DFS lineups and, you know, Game of Inches on the Thursday episode. Come on back. You know how we do it. Dilly Dilly. I'm out of here. Peace. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. The Browns only have one win. And the, uh, you know, you look at the Ravens, they lost on the road yesterday. So there is still time to write this ship. So Kansas City is not a big thing, though. You know, it's okay for the Ravens. I agree. But from a record standpoint, the fact that you're 0-3, it's not not great by any stretch of the imagination. But there is still time to get this ship right. You know, Mason Rudolph, dude, on the road in San Francisco of all places to start is not an easy thing. I get it. But I do think we're also a lot of this talks to the coaching. And, we, you know, we talked about this on uh, on Pro Football Today yesterday about we're going to learn which coaching staffs are really elite, are really right. better than the rest. Because here you are with backup quarterbacks galore. How many of you are prepared or can coach these people into a situation where you make them look good? You put them in a position. We talk about it all the time, Dane. Put a guy in a position to be able to succeed at all costs, no matter what. I don't care what you got to change. And I think we saw yesterday what what we've got in Carolina. I think we, we've yeah. seen, I think Mason Rudolph is a work in progress. And I think they're still trying to figure out what is it he does really well. But I can tell you this, if they're not running the ball, Pittsburgh, it, it doesn't make a difference who's behind there. They've got to figure out a way to get James Conner going. And they have not been able to do that. What a disappointment James Conner has been thus far. If you wanted to, you could find excuses week after week, right? You know, against New England, they were down 30 points. So the game flow is completely different. You know, the shock of losing your franchise quarterback in the middle of week two, I think, has something to do with it. Yes, obviously, San Francisco has a good front. He ran for 43 Mm -hmm. yards, you know, so I I, you could make excuses. But I think I I think with Pittsburgh, it's you got to zoom out to the bigger picture because I don't think they come back. This season, especially with the way Baltimore looks, I listen, losing by five in Kansas City is no big deal to me. Mm-hmm. I still think that the Baltimore Ravens are the class of that division. I'm just thinking for the future, you know, I think there is a universe where Tomlin could be on his way out in Pittsburgh, yes. where they yeah. are changing the page in a bigger fashion. And if that is the case, why the hell would Ben Roethlisberger want to kind of sit yeah. through that for the end of his career? And it's different, Joe. I know. It's not the Tommy John surgery, whatever. He can say whatever he wants. But in about three months when he's in the doldrums of rehab every day Mm -hmm. as a 38-year-old man with $140 million in the bank and maybe having to deal with a new coach and the kind of downside of the cycle of that franchise, I'm not so sure, especially if Mason Rudolph looks like he might be able to beat him out for the job.